Oh my god, life is but a dream, sweetheart. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, how how are you going anyway? Yeah, good. You chilled? I'm pretty chill. You just, just had uh, are your legs are your legs a liter of black tea? A liter of black tea. So are we going to have to stop halfway through and um, well, you know, resuscitate me? Well. Why you while you have a black tea break. Yeah. Uh, black no. tea relief oh, break. Oh, okay. No, I went to the bathroom just before. <laughs> How about you? Uh no, I've I went a while ago. I'm all good. I'm all good. I mean, like are you chill? Oh. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Now that I have some privacy for the for a period of time uh with you, you know. <laughs> Should I just start? I think you should just I'm start. I'm pretty ready to go. So, here we go. We're going to go? <laughs> I'm Are you ready? Start. You sure you're ready? <laughs> Hello, I'm Derek. And I'm Peter. And this is The Mog. The Mog. In this podcast, one of us suggests a beloved movie from our childhood for the others to watch. And we, then we talk about it. What made us laugh, what made us cry, and whether we should blame our parents or take it like the men we hope we are. What do we got today, Derek? We have your film. It's Star Trek The Motion Picture from 1979. Yeah, or as I'd like to call it, uh, Captain Kirk's Pajama Party. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I was thinking the many twitchy faces of William Shatner. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah. This is. This... What's your reason for this film? Well, the, when I was real, you know. A little tyke and uh didn't realize how much of a geek i well nerdy geek uncoolness i was because this was in the days before internet the internets the series of tubes and um just any indication that there are other people out there who who are interested in stuff that i was interested in i like star trek yeah and um i remember that about you very early on I'll, when we were first friends well, in what way was it me saying, hey, do you like Star Trek? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was it, wasn't it? That was pretty, that was pretty much been, your yeah. memory. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, hey, Derek, how are you going? Have you listened? Have you watched any Star Trek lately? Well, I remember going around to your house and like you had all of the paraphernalia. Did I? There were the sh- you had ships and yeah, that's true. I had some of the yeah. models and stuff. Yeah, and then I then I when I got to my teenage years, I kind of sort of separated myself from that a um, lot. I, I think I kind of fell out of uh, interest with it, and then I kind of came in and out of interest over the years. Yeah. Now I have to say, like, it's for me, Star Trek feels like when you've when you're into Star Trek, you've crossed that line and <laughs> defines you as a fanatic of sci-fi. <laughs> So, so essentially, uh, <laughs> just uh, for everyone else, if they say they like Star Wars or Batman or I don't know Marvel movies, it's like, oh yeah, there are people out there who like who like that, and then there's people who say, oh yeah, and I, I really like Star Trek. <laughs> Fuck off. And then it's pretty much. <laughs> oh, so I, you like I Trek, it to you like Spocky is right? Spocky is. <laughs> oh, Spock, it's not like that. Live long and prosper, huh? Live wrong and live wrong and 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 
and and do stuff. No, it's not so negative. It's more like I told I told a friend that I watched the motion picture Star Trek the original, and he just goes, "Oh, I can't do that stuff." <laughs> <laughs> what stuff? Just Star Trek. It's got a name. It's got like something. It about does it have that, a lot of connotations around it. Yeah. I don't know what the connotations. I, I think it's it's well, the trekkie. Was... It's the trekkie fanaticism. That. What rubbed me sort of the wrong way from my memory before I took notes on this one was like they wore really ugly outfits. Puke <laughs> <laughs> yellow. From a stylish like, perspective, they weren't like stylish. Prom, prom night, pale blue, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, pastels have a place in this world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, when was the first time you watched it? Oh, look. I'm not, uh, I don't know, honestly. Well, like, all it, asking me to, to know when I watched a, a film, childhood is the only answer that I can give because I, I, yeah. I really, I know that things were important in my childhood and that that uh, this was definitely the start of a lot of that. Um, but I don't, have a, I don't have a chronology in my head when it comes to movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been thinking about this. I'm thinking, oh, when did I when did I really start watching this? And I honestly couldn't say because I, I think it's you know as a kid when you watch things a thousand times you can't remember the first time. You just know you've watched it a lot. Well, I did notice like there are in the beginning there's quite a lot of subtitles. So I was wondering, could you understand those parts if you couldn't read? I think I could. Oh, you could read. Um, yeah. This was seventy nine, so you would have been, you know, you could have been. Quite I would, young, I, I would have been an embryo. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, no, it wasn't even that. I was the glint, the milkman's eye. Tinkle in your dad's eye, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or the milkman's eye, whichever. No, just, yeah, um, yeah. So, do you have any like sort of like memories of it though when you were young? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think that let, let's talk about that as we go along because the, okay. the memories do crop up as you go through the plot and certain pieces because I, I can definitely talk to what I liked that you kind of be surprised that I liked. Oh, or, yeah. well, okay. you know, yeah. Let, let, let's let just progress the, with oh. the synopsis, if you would, please, I'll give a I'll give a very brief yeah, one. So, when good. an alien spacecraft of enormous power is spotted approaching Earth... Admirable Admiral Kirk resumes command of the Starship Who Enterprise. Who is admirable? He's very admirable. And he resumes the Starship Enterprise's chief in order to intercept, examine, and hopefully stop the intruder. However, it's been five years since he's um, commanded. So is he up to saving the task of Earth? So did you read that? I read that. <laughs> <laughs> But I gathered that from it because I looked at the dates and I was really surprised. TV series was 1966. Mm. So that was way before anything like sci-fi. Yeah, there was a huge gap uh, between when this came out and when the series ended. But also these were pioneers, I guess. Star Trek was the first. Is that true? Uh, It wasn't the first, but it would have been one of the first. And it Mm. really did have a... A bit of a different ethos to it. I mean, it was, it was a bit um, progressive, um, which is kind of hilarious considering the connotations that's associated with it now. 
but yeah. just the whole you know it, it had a very um uh, broad view you know it you know people of color is all the same you know yeah and um and i it's stuff that i couldn't really talk to because as a uh straight white male <laughs> middle class i can't really say oh yeah i mean you know for during those times it was really tough um yeah. so and i wouldn't want to say that because it's yeah it kind of makes me sound like a douche really um but i do know that um it i've heard a lot of stories about how it inspired people in fact the thing is a lot of technology a lot of um innovation has come from people who are inspired by movies like star trek and star wars and mm-hmm. you know and and um for all the dorkery it really has has um led to a lot of um uh progression because it's just uh, allowed people's imaginations to thrive yeah in fact i was listening have you heard of the ast- astronaut uh chris hadfield oh you mentioned you went and saw him yeah and it was really good he very good speaker and um and he said that one of his um one of his uh inspirations was actually captain kirk wow which i find funny because um He's a bit of a douche, really. The Captain Kirk <laughs> and Chris Hadfield is not. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, I know, but uh, but I can understand. He he really was a. I, I must admit, I you know I thought he was pretty cool. You know, watching the series. Yeah. And um, so you watched all the TV. Yeah, what I've seen. Um, I saw all the series except for, and I like not um, marathon type thing, but uh, except for Enterprise which was just terrible. And that I was sort it. of 2000s. Yeah, after and and Voyager really irritated me as well. But you've seen all the early TV. Yeah. The 66 stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. Cuz yeah. I saw a couple like later on and it it reminded me of a drama like it was very much like a play. It's it's sort of it's got that sci-fi background but it's on just very closed sets and like, you know, it's just about interactions between people. I thought I, that was kind of cool. I didn't expect that. Yeah, I, I think it did. Um, it did. It, it was a pretty good series for the time, and I think you could watch it again and, if not laugh, at least appreciate it as a piece of history. And this was like way later, nineteen seventy nine. So this is like a reunion. I gathered. Where? Yeah, this uh, my understanding was is that this was actually supposed to usher in a new era of Star Trek series. Ah, uh, I gotcha. think that this was actually meant to um, go into becoming a series, but it didn't do so well, I don't think. Um, um, and that's why it never ended up becoming a series and they decided to make movies instead. Oh, I mean, I if you think about the sets in this series, they're pretty huge. Like um, the, uh, what is it? The the briefing room, you know, the briefing room. Oh, yep, yeah. It's like massive, yeah. huge structure. So they were preparing for something bigger. I believe so, yeah. And there was, a, in fact, there's, um, I think there's like a list of the costs of some of the sets. And they were huge, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like $240,000 for San Francisco tram station. Oh, my gosh, yeah. yeah. So it was and it does look very nice, this film, I have to say. Yeah. 
But so I, I guess we should actually dive into the film itself. So it actually opens with music at the start, which is really lovely. Did you see that yeah. in the rewatch? Yeah, I thought that was really nice. It's just very calming. and <laughs> I know. It was very, uh, I forgot about that, that there's just nothing. There's nothing happening. It's just music is playing and it's, it's introducing the theme. Yeah, the just the feel. And it's the musical scores by Jerry Goldsmith, who did Rambo. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he's amazing. So the music is top notch. Yeah. And the opening shot is of the Klingons, which I knew from you because oh, really? you had all this paraphernalia in your room. And um, you used to do this in back in school. You could bend your like your top digit of your finger and you would make like shapes yeah. of ships with your hands. You do you re- remember that? Yeah, I, I, I do. I was hoping no one else would, would <laughs> know that. this stuff. And you would morph your hand into different fighters yeah and, but it um, wasn't Star one of them Trek was the Klingon I think that was a oh I actually sort of I think yeah sort of yeah I, I'm I, I'd imagine that people listening to this would be imagining somehow fingers turning into a Klingon ship it wasn't really <laughs> it was like the little ship like the the attack ship yeah of that yeah but I uh, remember that no well the what happened like I was really inspired by Star Trek and Star Wars and and uh, uh, some computer games as well, like um, I've forgotten what it's called. Wing Commander. Space Quest. Oh, oh Space yeah, Quest. Wing Commander. But yeah, the Space Quest were really good too. And yeah, um, yeah I used to. I was a fan of Space Quest. That was awesome. Yeah. So good. So good. <laughs> we should do one on that. Yeah, you die so often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, and and it was during the days when there were no walkthroughs or anything like that. You just had to mm. suddenly trial and error. Yeah, trial and error. Five thousand. <laughs> you learn the entire English language, and, and you study every corner, pixel of the map. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and you stand, you move across one, and then you type the same thing. It's like, oh my god. We should go back to the movie. Oh yeah, that thing. Um, so. <laughs> So yeah, uh, directed by Robert Wise, who is Sound of Music. So there's oh, good really? people involved. Yeah. Oh man, I didn't. Uh, my my research into this was really just how what it brought back for me. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I guess with that opening thing where the this massive cloud destroys the Klingons, you getting that sense that it's very evil because the Klingons were the baddies, right? Or like complex. Yeah, it was of. kind of like the Cold War, War baddies. Mm. Um, like the Russians, I guess, but yeah. um, except with some sort of uh, dwarfism on the facial structure. That's not even <laughs> yeah. the right word. I don't know. Crab elephantism. Dwarf. Sorry. Yeah. Ge- that's right. Elephantism. Or elephantitis. Elephantitis. Gingivitis. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just re- I remember that scene and the music's all exciting and you know and every and everything's tense but when you watch it it's really slow and you know where he fires the one torpedo and it goes off and nothing happens and then yeah and then they just start to you know run away and they all get wiped out yeah it kind of set a bit of the tone of the movie is that the action in this when you get you know full on action it's pretty slow and if the action is slow, then everything else 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> sort of like they have a slow reveal of everything. It's sort of, <laughs> yeah. it slowly goes into the cloud and there's a reaction shot and then slowly reveal more, <laughs> then more reaction shots in different angles. And they're like, run away, more, retreat. And, be- and then- bewildered looks. <laughs> But the music keeps it together. Yeah, I felt. I think without the music, it'd be, it would be a comedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, it would be interesting to watch it on mute. <laughs> um, so Starfleet, you know, becomes aware of this, and Kirk is wants to get to be captain again of the Enterprise, and he's using this as an excuse to be the person who you know confronts this threat to the federation yeah, i felt i did miss something with how did the tv series end well i don't think i don't think it ended in a cliffhanger or in anything like that it just kind of was another episode and that was the last one. Oh, it just faded away yeah i thought something might happen or it got dismissed or like the enterprise got destroyed or damaged no he actually got i i think he was a he was promoted but not in the series it was like when the movie comes in it's you know, decades later, so he's um, an admiral now, and they're trying to look for an excuse for him to be a captain again. Oh, I see. And uh, oh, and they finally he 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 uh, he goes to visit the Enterprise, you know, board the Enterprise, and they have the scene where they're just going towards the Enterprise. I must admit, it looked very cool. It did. It it certainly is a model maker's wet dream. It is just. <laughs> You know, but um, like the amount of effort that they went into to get all the models and stuff right was pretty good. Uh, in a yeah. way, when you look at that, the models versus the CGI of the last Starfighter. Yeah, there's such a big difference. Yeah. And um, I mean, I think they still use models today and they just digitize it up a bit. Oh, okay. Well, some some places, some, some sci-fi does that. Yeah. But it, it was very pretty, but it was also very slow. Oh, you felt the slowness? I did feel I was the slowness. sort of calm into it. I didn't really... I guess it, it wasn't... It's, it's a, I didn't feel that sense of urgency it's, or anything. It's a slow... <laughs> a lot of people do refer to it as the slow motion picture. Oh, yeah. And, um, and I can understand that because everything that gets introduced every conversation that's had it's almost like everything ends on a cliffhanger but it's not really a cliffhanger it's like you know that depends on you who well how much of that is shatner because like he's really jittery and i always thought they're exaggerating in their impersonations you know like he's just all over the place but now no now i've seen him he's like left and right and soft and then quiet like massively loud and I don't know. Did you notice that this time? I actually didn't. I didn't notice that at all. I I guess coming from having seen his flamboyancy for so long, you kind of just take it for granted and you don't even notice it anymore. Oh, you don't notice it. Because, like, everyone else is quite centred and, like, but he's jumping around. (laughs) (laughs) He's looking past the camera. Model poses everywhere. (laughs) He's he's doing magnum. Blue steel. (laughs) But it pays off towards the end. Uh, I won't go into it now. Yeah, well, I mean, they finally do board the Enterprise. And it does take, like, it's about five minutes of them 
in a capsule moving around and towards the Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, finally they dock and um, he informs Decker, who's the commander at, at that point of time, that he's uh, taking over control of the Enterprise and Decker's not particularly thrilled at that. Yeah. And they slowly introduce characters back from the series. So... I was going to ask you, they're from the show, right? Did you, rec- De- did you recognize them not all? Not Decker. Um, oh, like the engineer, I mean. And yeah, Tech Scotty Ames, Tech and um, Bones, Chekhov, uh, Hura. Yeah, it's all... Uh, you recognize them all. Yeah, they they take a bit of time to introduce each person. Yeah, and, uh, how was that? Yeah, it was all right. I mean, yeah, it was fine. I, I really enjoyed this as a kid. Um, yeah. And I don't think I realized half of what was going on because it's it's one of those movies where you could be playing with your cars or your trucks or your, your toys, um, your spaceship And not really or... miss a beat in the plot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And it's, just, and it's just like, oh, this is the scene when they're in the shuttle. Oh, this is the scene where uh, that ship is docking with that ship. I mean, those mm. are scenes. They're not... They're not segues, they're scenes. Um, and, uh, you know... Was it cool re-seeing re- these characters again, though? It was. I guess, in a way, I was looking at the drama of it played out a lot more. So, you know, Kirk's obsession with the Enterprise and to to uh, to be a captain of it again. And uh, Spock has some type of connection with, with the cloud. You know, mm. he gets contacted by it and he feels its presence and he and they don't really know what he's going to do so that that type of stuff i I didn't really you know it's always passed over me probably because i watched it a thousand times and it wasn't really a oh yeah i know nothing comes of it yeah i see but uh yeah they do so there's another level yeah but they're at the introductory scene i mean the the first half an hour of it maybe longer is just introducing characters a piece at a time Mm -hmm. and they had to insert a bit of drama there, and they inter- and they did with the uh, the transporter disaster. Yeah, that was quite, yeah, full on. Two people died, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I actually that's still pretty. Um, I don't know that the screams of it is a pretty. They're pretty good in terms of pretty chilling. Yeah, so that sort of brings you back to that. There is sort of life or death consequences yeah what did you think of that um yeah yeah it was very unexpected because <laughs> there was just like it's quite slow as you mentioned and then suddenly yeah you're back into it and that sort of propels a bit quickly from there i felt yeah like he gets the tactical viewer going and they're jumping to warp speed and he's trying to push the enterprise but it's not ready yeah that's right so it's all sort of on from there he gets stuck in the wormhole another piece of action yeah which yeah uh dan that was that was actually i found that i found that pretty hilarious because what happens is um they go in a warp drive and somehow they end up in a this wormholey thing um as a result of not being ready and uh and suddenly the slow motion picture goes into super slow motion <laughs> Which I'm not sure if they were just acting that as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, belay <laughs> that, please. Strain on their faces. I'm torpedoes. <laughs> <laughs> and 
Decker stops him. Armed fire <laughs> photon torpedoes. I have to say, George Techie has such a cool deep voice. Photon torpedoes. <laughs> Away! <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So, the George... So, who? George Techie. Oh, Tanky, yeah, he does, the, doesn't he? Yeah. Deep voice. Man, that's so cool. He's a cool just dude. Even, he could be talking gibberish, but it just sounds so, you know, definitive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, he does have a very, very strong presence in his voice. So, yeah, they get through that that experience uh, unscathed and then they're on their way. Oh, and they also introduce uh, the love interest. Yeah. Was she someone that was there before? No. No, she wasn't. Completely okay. out of the blue. And and also the conversation was very strange because um, they go, she goes, the, uh, they go, um, she's Delton and you're supposed to know what that means. Because there's this, like, look. Everyone looks at each other. Yeah, that's why I felt that there was something. No. It's just, it was that. like, it, it's almost like it was something that no one would know that you're supposed to know. She's not meant to be touched or she can't be touched or something. No, it's, um, the door opens and a bald uh, woman comes through. And uh, the I actually had to look it up because I was like, what the hell is going on? And it's just that apparently they're very attractive and alluring to people or to, to people so they can be distracting. Oh, is that Yeah, a, okay. that, that, apparently there's sort of like a, yeah, something like that. But any, anyway... Um, because they're at work, they can't... Yeah, so, and that's the thing, like, and then out of the blue comes a question from Kirk and I, I miss it, but she says... My oath of celibacy is on record, sir. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Is that not a race thing? I don't know. Celibacy? No, like, you know how um, <laughs> Spock's got his... A, ra- sort of... a race of celibates. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be a very long-lasting race. <laughs> well, they procreate some other way. I don't know what they are, man. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of... Even if it was through their foreheads, it would um, still be celibacy, wouldn't it? Well, well, that's can... abstinence, essentially. Yeah. I decided... Well, maybe they live long. I don't know. Yeah. I thought they might be half robot, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But uh, no, I no, I think... No, it, but it was just so completely out of the blue and the weirdest comment to me. It was, it was almost like um, she was telling Kirk that he was being inappropriate. Oh, but okay. It, it, but she wasn't. I don't think but it's just like you know kirk has a bit of a reputation and he does look like a bit of a dirty guy sometimes well i thought it was like i got the feeling that decker and them had a thing but because of that her race they couldn't go forward with it but they still loved each other yeah and i think that that's that's true um Mm -hmm. it was just that interaction with kirk where she just says, my oath of celibacy is on record. Just to him. Just yeah. to him. It's just like, you dirty old man, don't touch me. <laughs> you ain't getting nothing of this. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it's good to see Spock finally. He comes in around that time. Those cheekbones, man. Oh, yeah. He's so tall too. And they, and they, um, you know, they're all really happy to see him. And he just like stares at them for a bit. <laughs> there's this yeah. awkward silence. He's a cool actor, man. Yeah. I like Nimoy. I never actually took in that awkward silence either. 
Uh, as a kid, it's another thing you watch a thousand times and you just miss. Ah. Uh, but yeah, no, he's pretty cool. And there was actually a J.J. Abrams flair, you know, in how he remade all the Star Treks and he said excessive use of lens yeah, flair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was actually a flare in this, a, a proper J.J. Abrahams flare. Oh, really? So maybe he, he actually copied it. It's at 22 he, minutes, 17 his, seconds. That was his, What? <laughs> 22 minutes, 17 seconds. There's a flare. And maybe he went crazy with that. Oh, it's there. Oh, man. Now we must have all flares. That's his, his, that, that, that was his inspiration for filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> I was just a little kid and I saw a flare and that was it for me. I just had to make movies. Yeah, <laughs> and like Spock, when things that um, are quite obvious, Spock will describe in detail. I intend to calculate the thruster ignition and acceleration rate to coincide with the opening of the Wiener feature <laughs> orifice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've successfully penetrated the next chamber <laughs> of the alien's interior. That's probably how he gets excited. <laughs> <laughs> I make good samples. <laughs> Uh, but it sort of puts the science back in sci-fi because um, the science consultant was actually Isaac Asimov. Did you know no, that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and like when he's flying through inside Vija, he says like it's a, a field coil for a gigantic imaging system, like a plasma coil. And that's how TVs work. I actually know that. Mm. So yeah, there's like, it's good to have that stuff. It actually makes it feel more real. Well, that that really was the thing that was going for this um, film. And that is there's this mystery of this cloud that you don't really understand what it is or it's just really powerful and you no one could really understand what it is. And you, the scene where they... Uh, actually get to go into the cloud you know and they travel through it um you know there's not really any speaking it's just effects of them going through different layers of the cloud i actually really love that as a kid mm. because there's just that um that's it looked of, amazing yeah that sense of awe and otherworldliness which um draws they did in. a really good job just like yeah it was very out of this out of this world sort of you never seen something like that. Yeah. But it's also like that's where that starts get to get philosophical as well. Mm. Like the, when the Vija probe comes back um, and, you know, they start to ask questions like, is this all that I am and is there nothing yeah. more and searching for the creator. So I've thought that was really nice. Mm. And I can see why that sort of resonated with you as well because you've always been analytical and philosophical well there's a there certainly is a lot of star trek likes to i think that's one of the attracting things to people is that it likes to ask interesting questions and in a setting that gets to explore that yeah and see the possibilities of where it goes but yeah yeah um that side of it is very interesting i mean the premises that they come up with Regardless of the delivery, they are interesting. Really interesting, I thought. The, the, the premise of, you know, something trying to capture its own god, to capture its creator, I thought that was really cool. Like it had to, wanted to evolve, that was its purpose to keep evolving. And the only way it could go further was to capture its own god. Yeah. And that's like, wow. To merge with it. Merge with its god, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But the twist was, I guess we can talk about it, right? Oh, man, I don't know. People might want to, you know, not miss out on the spoiler that we've given away in every other. <laughs> <laughs> the twist was that Vija is actually Voyager and that the humans are its creator because it was sent out. So, it's the Voyager probe. The um, Voyager probe. Yeah, yeah, the satellite that was sent. was well, not satellite, but that probe. I thought that was, was a clever twist. Yeah, that was cool. It, so, it, inc- it wasn't that it developed sentience of its uh, on its own accord. It was that a race of machines, intelligent machines, gave it the capability to develop and grow. And through all of its experiences and, you know, it... it in um, everything that it's seen and recorded, it started to develop its own consciousness and question itself. Yeah. Um, but it always looked at carbon life forms, you know, i.e. humans, as um, not true life. So it was the opposite um, perspective to, to what we would traditionally have. Yeah. Because it was looking at the ship as like, you know. Yeah, it treated the ship as a, as as an entity and that, the people in it were essentially um, infestation. Yeah. And all of that Shatner twitchiness sort of rubbed off towards the end because Kirk comes up with this crazy bluff where he says, you know, I, I have the the secret to your creator. Um, but it's totally believable because he's so crazy looking. <laughs> so it's like twitchy and like... <laughs> yeah, he goes, we are the creator. Yeah, that's not possible. <laughs> not true. And then um, Decker sacrifices himself in the end. But the flowy, flowy sort of backlight with the stars, man, that looked amazing. That was a cool special Which effect. Bit was that where Decker sac- sacrifices himself to become one with Vija. And it, and it, oh yeah, so the other thing we missed there, just to go back two steps, is that Lara does she gets killed. Um, yeah. she gets zapped and absorbed, absorbed into the thing as as data essentially and um spat back out as a as a robot but part of her is still there because it she was recreated so um perfectly mm-hmm. um so yeah his merging with vija was also merging with with her so there was the yeah. love story coming back the love story. and i really just the love story music was so sound of music <laughs> was it yeah well this is the director so there could have been that influence there. Yeah. Every time they look at each other, it's just like this soaring over the top. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was nice. Yeah. It wasn't too over the top. There was no kissing, actually. Well, that's true. That's true. I, I think that maybe that's the thing. It was a very toned down film, but the music was toned up. To eleven, <laughs> not to eleven. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, what's his name? Uh, Jerry Goldsmith. He did Rambo. <laughs> yeah, pri- yeah, this is his prior to Rambo experience. <laughs> this is his odor. Well, no, what is it? Piece? No. What? Uh, Magnum Opus. <laughs> Not Oda Twilight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a watered down version. A watered down version of his Oda Twilight. <laughs> uh, yeah. There there are some interesting. Uh, did you pick up any quotes? Ah, uh, that, that Spock quote was the best one. I successfully penetrated the next chamber of <laughs> the alien's interior. Oh, that's right. When he when he gets on a on a on a jet. <laughs> 
thing. And he says it with such a like a dry, <laughs> dry voice. And I came out. How about you? I've come out the other side. <laughs> um, How about you with quotes? Um, there was a bit where Spock came on board and uh, and Jim goes to Bones. Uh, we need him. And then he looks at Spock. I need him. <laughs> yeah. There's so much bro love in this. I, love I thought it was good. And, and and before that, he actually went up to, to Bones and he goes, Bones, I need you. Damn it, Bones. I need you. Badly. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to laugh. Yeah. I wonder how much better the film would have done with someone else, you know, in that lead spot. What, you mean instead of Kirk? Yeah. I reckon it probably would have been less, not more. <laughs> yeah, I really mean, you can't really go more. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, someone a bit more centred, Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, everything, as you said, everyone was playing it straight. Yeah. So it would have... I think with that, his idiosyncrasies and, and craziness, it would have, it probably would have been a little too straight. Yeah. Or conversely, it might have been taken a lot more seriously as a serious mm. film. So maybe it would have been better. So, how would you sort of rate it now after rewatching? Well, I don't think it's the toy. It's not a, I'm sorry I put you through that. No, I enjoy um, it. More like much better than I was expecting, but still not fantastic uh-huh. because it, um, it was a very slow film. Um, I did enjoy watching it. At times I found it too slow uh, and a bit hammy, but there are other parts of it that I really did enjoy. Just the exploration and the mystery that was being solved, um, I found quite... You know, still interesting with the music that goes with it, which gives it a bit of extra oomph. Um, yeah. Like, and that ph- philosophical side to it really got me in the end, like capturing God and that stuff was really redeeming. Yeah. The, the, the love interest side of things just so over the top. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, much better than I was expecting, but it's not, it's not a star Wars. It's not a rip roaring adventure. And I think that that's the problem is, is that when people go in looking at this film, they're looking at it from a sci-fi perspective of, uh, you know, that adventure type science fiction. And it's not. Yeah. Well, the reboots have sort of revived yeah, that a bit. That's right. They've added a lot more fun to it and uh, yeah. a lot more pace and energy. But this really was that intellectual Star Trek with a not clear understanding of what that you know the the love story stuff is so two-dimensional it is a little bit like a a child looking at how to incorporate a love story into a movie do you know what i mean yeah sort of well like it's not a relationship that grows it's not a people being introduced and developing a rapport or anything like that it's the love interest is there it's unmentioned and then she dies and then he tries to merge with Vija to be with her. It's kind of very much on paper. I don't know if that makes oh, sense. Yeah. But what did you... So, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So what did you, what did you take away? I enjoyed it, yeah. I thought it was really good. Like the music was top notch. 
opens up well with the like the musical entry and then sort of whisked away on this reunion film and it just felt like a that, reunion like film bringing back, <laughs> bringing back the characters yeah. together you know the old gang that, that's very true yeah it's a reunion film and this is their one last wacky adventure yeah <laughs> damn it <laughs> and, bones and the people that die are, are new entries anyway so there's no consequence. yeah so they're essentially the what do they call them the red shirts <laughs> Uh, oh, that's that the, I think that's the term, yeah, red shirts. People <laughs> who just come in and die straight away. Except, you know, there were no primary colours in this film. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude. They still use those puke yellows and those skinny white <laughs> short shorts. <laughs> the mauve shorts or the beige shorts. It's still technically the 70s, so yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any last thoughts or humorous um comments let me think my oath of celibacy is definitely not on record <laughs> scrambling through the notes for the lines what <laughs> scrambling through the notes for those lines yeah that's basically it uh, i think i've pretty much um given everything i've got okay well thanks for that i enjoyed it yeah well thanks everyone for listening um uh, hopefully we'll be doing this a lot more often though i suspect that if you're listening to this it's probably um hopefully there are new ones after this one yeah. um so what is the next movie next one is one of mine it's the court jester i'm introducing you to the world of danny Kaye. <laughs> you haven't seen any right no, i don't I yeah don't alicia might be keen for it so it's family fun 1955 yeah wow i'm i am really looking forward to message from space that's the next one i am one. so yeah, excited after. to watch this okay. again but yeah i'm <laughs> i'm really keen to see this as well um, okay so yeah i'm i'm revving up and and i don't know if anyone's noticed but uh, the microphones have improved well at least mine has uh, derek has always been pretty decent so thanks for listening and uh we have technological advancements that's right we're we're moving into science fiction territory <laughs> Thanks, Peter. Yeah, thanks, man. Are you stopped? I am stopped.